And here we go, folks. We're back with Inside <laughs> Middle Tennessee on a nice, sunny, warm day. It's you know? gross. It is May. Yeah. It is May. Yeah, but May will be here next week, supposedly. Well, I wrote, um, I looked back at my Facebook memories this morning, and when I was pregnant with Ellie Grace nine years ago, I said it was 65 when I started out that morning, and it was supposed to be 80 that afternoon, and I was burning up at 65, <laughs> and I posted that. Your thermostat. My thermostat. No, it was not working, so. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be a kind of a, a gloomy day for the Taylor Swift concert. Well, Man, so I, I don't even know Scott, what Taylor Swift do you have to go to Nashville today? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so, no. I cannot imagine... Going to downtown Nashville right now. Do you know how many people they're expecting in Nashville over the weekend? Yeah. Half a million. Yeah. Half a million. Half a million. million. Yeah. But that ta- You cram that in a downtown and... And then the tax dollars will equate to uh, grant money. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the cash registers rolling in. Yeah. Well, hey, they, they need it for the new Nissan Stadium. Oh, oh yes. yeah. They better have two of those. Don't go there. But... Yeah. And, how many activities? Yes, Mm-hmm. It's like who who did not look at the calendar? Who who was the the the, the scheduler for Nashville did not look at the well, calendar? But I know that Nashville has grown in leaps and bounds over the over the past thirty years since. Well, it's it's, it's graduation time too. Yeah, Lipscomb's I think, graduating. I think this is about the time I graduated from Vanderbilt. It said Lipscomb and TSU. And oh, and Trevecca, my sister-in-law, they have. They have graduation at Trebekah. And Oprah's there. Oprah is in that. Oh, joy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing I can't understand, I mean, of course, I'm going to mark myself as an old fuddy-duddy here, but (laughs) the Taylor Swift brouhaha, you know, about all the tickets and all of these people, uh, usually young female girls. Yeah. Well, young female girls, obviously. (laughs) I already messed that up. That's redundant. (laughs) Yeah, that is redundant. But (laughs) nevertheless, they just got terribly upset because they couldn't see Taylor Swift. And I I just don't quite understand. I mean, she she is a star. Her music is good. (laughs) I, I get all that. You know, we were, I was doing a, a radio show up north uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> they were poking fun at all the Taylor Swift people on the radio show talking about uh, this guy, Taylor Swift is coming to town. He's a relationship counselor oh. and he's doing, he's doing some events at, at the, at the stadium. And, you know, if you need relationship counseling, it might be good to go see him. <laughs> and, and he, and, and he's also related to uh Taylor made the golf, the golf manufacturer right. and a distant cousin of Zachary Taylor oh, the president yes, yes, yes. And, and he said we're oh, watching this so and the phone lines are lining up going Taylor Swift's a girl Taylor Swift's a girl we're like yeah we know we're poking fun <laughs> yeah. well that was very clever well it's called satire was yeah. there I guess this is a random question but was there an artist that y'all would have clamored to see like Taylor Swift like the Beatles or Elvis Elvis, Elvis. or I mean, my generation, it was Garth Brooks. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember some of his concerts were good. Lord, I, they were, a, you Daddy, don't know about an event. <laughs> Variety Records was a Ticketmaster thing. Yep. And Daddy, I remember Daddy going to get a um, a band. You had to go get a band the day before the tickets. And stand in line. And stand in line. And he did that when I was a kid, but we didn't get to go. Because he's a good father. But we didn't get to go. It's okay. Yeah. We went later on. We went later on. And that was Ellie Grace's first concert. I started her out with Carson. Now, I, we, the Beach Boys, 
We yeah. we we had with me. Uh, well, yeah. when I was in college, we we ha- saw the Beach Boys, we saw uh, the the Letterman, we saw <laughs> the new Christy Minstrels. No, when I was in college. Uh. Oh, <laughs> and then we've seen, and then when when uh, you went to Steppenwolf. No, well, with him. <laughs> <laughs> And the I, whole night we saw back of his head. Steppenwolf. In front of him, and he's been on it the whole time. Well, right, it's, uh, it's bad radio without a mic. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and, but, we, but we, uh, when Johnny Cash was filming that summer, his summer series, they filmed it at the Ryman while I was a still a senior in college. And I've seen everybody, everybody in the world wanted to be on with Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Three. Well, he kind of he kind of really brought country music yeah, into the forefront. And we 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 would go downtown. So, so there was someone be, there was someone before the Tennessee Three. Oh, that was his band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are too cool. And but he, uh, you know, he had all the the monkeys. He had Glenn Campbell. Anybody who was anybody wanted to be on that show. And I can remember standing beside the Ryman Auditorium with a. Notebook, trying to write a <laughs> write a paper due the next morning about some poem I had to turn in. <laughs> I, I can't um, I, for me to imagine her doing that because they were such a stickler about schoolwork. Yeah, it, it just that, well, I was a senior. They were going. I was going to get out one way or the other. But I can remember. I can't remember what the poem was, but I can remember saying. And then when I got back to school, I had to type it. Yeah, on a manual typewriter. Type it. All right, well, I've already missed my opportunity. We do have to introduce the players. I'm Jim Ross. I've got Terry Wilcox on the board, Representative Scott Sapini. We've got the the duo, the Hickman duo in here, plus one today. Yes, he's The duo plus one. He's our advisor. So we got Sheila Hickman in here with her husband, Eddie. We're glad he's in here. And Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. Yes. So, you know, we had a real interesting uh, (laughs) off the – my uh, conversation yes. about cleanliness is, is next, next to, to godliness, godliness. <laughs> of, of which I, which uh, Sheila said that she had a. I have a whole sermon on that. If anybody so, needs, why don't you? If the oh, boys need hit the high points. Yeah, if anybody, well, I said you know, <laughs> so part of this is from my mother. There is plenty of soap and water in this world, and <laughs> everyone can afford a bar of soap, no. and all of us have running water. And there is no reason not to come to school at your best. And after all, the Lord gave you an admonition to take care of your body. <laughs> and then then I would say, and cleanliness is next to godliness. But not, not in the dictionary. Not, not, in the, no. not in the dictionary, not in the Bible, but it might as well be. And if you don't think I mean business, you just try me again. <laughs> <laughs> we know this all was led up to because we were talking about exactly how funky a teenager, particularly a teenage boy, can get. <laughs> Poor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott's going through it right now, right in the middle of it. You know, <laughs> my mother had three boys, and, we, and she was right in the middle of it. Yeah, you know. So you know. <laughs> you know, a whole lot of it has to do that that about twenty percent of their body fluid is testosterone at this age. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when we were young, just a few days. When, <laughs> and Coach Hickman is sitting over here having coached teenage boys, and he just knows all about it. 
when it was when you were awakened by your parents, yes, you got out of bed, yes, like now, yeah, right <laughs> now, right, and then as a boy, you would get up, go to the shower, you get showered, you get cleaned up, you would shave, right, yeah. and get yourself presentable for school, yes. and you would not wear the same clothes you wore yesterday, <laughs> okay. The problem I'm <laughs> <laughs> the frustration is apparent. The problem is these young men today, and I'm generalizing here, but it seems like it is something that's going on in our society that scruffiness looks good, right? Is the, what everybody is looking for. The yeah. grunge look, and and along with that look comes odors. Right? <laughs> and able to accomplish the task of looking like this, and you go all in looking like this, there's a requirement of hygiene and lack thereof. Yeah. And it is so frustrating that <laughs> when you are trying to send boys to school <laughs> and college recruiters are rolling through trying to explain to them that you can't be just looking like everybody else. You have to make yourself memorable. That's right. Because after you look at 100 six-foot, four, 280-pound football players, they're all the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? There's, uh, where did I see that kid? I can't remember, right? And you have to do things to make yourself memorable. You have to shave in the morning. You have to comb your hair in the morning. You have to wear a shirt that doesn't look like it's been wadded up in a ball in some gym bag for four years, right? <laughs> You got to wear clothes that don't have holes in them because that's a reflection on your parents. They don't have enough money to buy you clothes and have holes in them. And it is like it is so frustrating that I'm like yesterday at Columbia Academy we had the Ball State coach roll through Ball yeah. State University yeah. in Muncie. Oh yeah, good football program. Oh right? yes, good school. And when my oldest came home, he told me this, and I looked at him. I said, "Were you wearing that?" He said, yeah, that's why I wore to school. And it had a hole in it, wrinkled <laughs> shirt, uh, unshaven. And I'm going, why would you do that? And then the argument ensues with a teenager, right? <laughs> it is so frustrating now that you're trying to show them. And we've all been there, right? If I just would have listened to my parents, <laughs> life would have been easier. And I probably would have been a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> right? If I just would have listened to my parents. And now we're telling the exact same thing to my ki- my boys going, if you'll just listen to me, I can help you get to the next level. <laughs> All right? And they're like, but your dad and, you know, your yeah, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. No, you're if just I had done. listened to them, my life would have been a lot easier. I mean, I'm telling teenager. you, right? And what's funny is financially, Dave Ramsey has made millions off of telling people what their parents have told them yes. and their parents before them have told them yes. the whole time. Yeah. Don't borrow. Don't put it on credit. Live within your means and save money. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I just copyrighted Dave Ramsey right there. <laughs> He'll send you a bill. <laughs> oh, Lord, let's hope not. <laughs> you know, y'all you get a kick out of this story. Of course, of course, Eddie's of that generation where, you know, he wants to jerk you up tie a knot in your head real quick and rightly so but the best story along that line I remember it was from Judge Jim the late Judge Jim T. Hamilton oh. who was one of about four or five boys and he had some older brothers and I've told it on this on the show before but it's been several years his two older brothers they were all laying in bed and the dad came in and just said alright boys get up he's got to go to work and, and, and they didn't get up and about Five or ten minutes later, his dad came back in there and said, why are you not out, out of bed? And let's say his oldest brother's name's Fred. 
and Fred just sitting there just laying with his eyes closed and his, you know, teenagers kind of drape over everything, <laughs> his arms and his legs out. He goes, Dad, I'm trying to find myself. <laughs> you know, I'll find yeah. Yeah. Well, the next thing, the next thing, Scott, the, the next thing that happened is that those two older boys that were supposed to get up and go to work, he said, the next thing that happened is said, Fred and the other boy, they were swabbing a deck in the South China Sea oh, during Vietnam. And his brother said, hey, Fred. He goes, what? He said, you found yourself yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, dress, right? Yes. Stella Hargrove. Yes. She graduated with me. Really? Yeah. Yes. She's a fine. Judge Hargrove. If, yes. if you are, in my opinion, yeah. if you are a young lady yes. and you want to see somebody to emblem, to Emulate. Emulate. Uh, there's my word. Ding. Ding. My uh, ding's over there on the wall. Ding. Every time you saw Judge Hargrove, she was impeccably dressed and put together. That's right. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah. And you expected that when you saw Judge Hargrove, she would always look impeccably dressed yes. and well put together yes. and well mannered. Yes. Right? If you're a young lady out there, that would be someone you'd want to look at, look at oh, and say, yeah. that's... Yeah. Because she rose to the oh, highest yeah, she levels did. She did. of being a judge. And she probably could have gone higher if she wanted to. Oh, she she was just brilliant in yeah. high school and a wonderful well, person. Well, Jim T. would sit here and tell you real quick that you, if you came in his courtroom, you were going to have on a jacket and tie at the least. And, Scott, to the, to the thing we talked about earlier, you will have shine shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and, I love seriously. And, and, and he enforced it because it was enforced on him. Yeah, yeah. And so... Well, I have this thing that you can tell a great deal about a person by looking at his shoes. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a clue to the whole thing. <laughs> well, I have heard that all my married life. Well, Representative Sapicki <laughs> has learned that lesson, yeah, too. Learned that lesson too. <laughs> well, and, and Mother, she scrubbed my shoes when I was a kid to make them look you know, good, and she'd even launder some of them, the kids and all that. Well, now she, it's, she's doing it for Ellie Grace. Ellie Grace cannot go to school with dirty sheets. No, uh-huh. absolutely not. Yeah. I believe if I could invent something that would clean tennis shoes, I would be a millionaire overnight. Long time ago. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can, but I've got these little battery-driven scrubbers <laughs> And they work pretty good. That's one of her things. All right, folks, we're up against our first break, and we'll be back in a minute. But we got to pay a few bills. We'll be back with Inside Middle Tennessee. One of our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. Welcome back to Inside Middle Tennessee. And Sarah Elizabeth, you're going to have to tell them what that music was all about. (laughs) So I'm a royalist. Everybody knows that, I guess. I don't know. I love British British. royalists. Yeah, British royalists. I love love British history. English history. I love it. That was Handel's Coronation Anthem. 
Zodok the Priest has been played at every coronation since 1727. Yep, but it's been a long time since the last one. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so, Very long time. So, tomorrow is a big day. Um, tomorrow is the coronation of um, King Charles. And um, most stations will start covering it about 5 a.m. Eastern. They're six hours ahead ahead of us, I think. Something like that, yes. They're going to start the coverage. (laughs) Um, So after you watch that, then tomorrow evening about 6.45 Eastern will be the Kentucky Derby. So it's like a big day tomorrow um, with hats and and tea and all that. So I thought I'd talk about the coronation. So on the uh, tomorrow morning... Uh, their majesties, so um, King Charles and Camilla. I'm not going to call her Queen Camilla. <laughs> well, will a, she be considered queen? Yes, yes, she will be. She, she will queen be, Liz- and there's there's a controversy over that. So, um, But, yes, she will be. But they will travel to Buckingham Palace in the King's Procession to Westminster Abbey in the Diamond Jubilee State, State Coach. It was created for Queen Elizabeth II to commemorate the 60th anniversary of Her Late Majesty's reign in 2012. So they're still making coaches in England. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the coach has only ever conveyed the sovereign. Occasionally it's been accompanied by a consort or a visiting head of state. The gilded crown on the top of the Diamond Jubilee stagecoach was carved from oak from the HMS Victory, and the coach's interior is inlaid with samples of wood, metals, and other materials from buildings and uh, places with specific connections to Britain and its history. So it's all... It's all tied in. It's all tied in. Symbolic. Symbolic. But uh, the king's procession is accompanied by the sovereign's escort of the household cavalry. Um, And they'll go through the center gate and proceed down the mall and past the arch, the Admiralty Arch, through King Charles uh, Island, the first island, down to Whitehall and along Parliament Street. Um, And then the coronation service will be again at 11 o'clock. Do you you think King Charles is being accepted by the public? I think more so than... Than the Queen. Than the Queen. (laughs) I mean, we all knew when something happened to their marriage and Princess Diana died, that this was probably going to, like, he was going to figure out how to get Camilla in. And he did. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's just going to be interesting. And then... All the other family dynamics going on with the family, like Harry and Meghan issue, and you know, yeah. the, the, <clears throat> and which keeps his, getting just pushed through the press. Yes, and his brother, and and all that. So, and English history is just full of things like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. wrought with all that. So, well, like American history's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we'll do that another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so he will be King Charles the Third. Um, and since 1601, there has only been one coronation in the month of May. Hmm. So why they didn't say why the child? Uh, no, West Inter- Westminster Abbey, which is beautiful on the inside. I've never been there, but my parents went to London without me, and I'm still bitter about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Westminster Abbey has uh, been the setting for every coronation since 1066. William wow. the Conqueror. Uh, before the abbey was built, coronations were carried out wherever it was convenient. They Coronations have taken place in Bath and Oxford and Canterbury. 
Um, so he'll be the fortieth sovereign to be crowned at Westminster. Why may? I don't know. You know, there's a song in Camelot that says "Trilly, it's May, the merry month of May." Maybe they've been watching Camelot. (laughs) (laughs) Trilly, (laughs) Trilly, the merry month of May. So, but I think it just it has to be timed out from the death of. Okay, from the from the previous monarch. Yeah, there has to be some there's the mourning a period. period. Of mourning. Yeah. Yeah. There's a mourning period, and then there's preparation period, and and all that yeah. for that. So, um, but uh, he has been king since the queen died in September. So, but at four years old, he was Prince Charles. He um, he received a hand painted invitation to his mother's coronation. So he watched his mother be coronated. At age four. Okay. What if he remembers it? Oh, he's waited a long time. He's waited a long time. Um, But every coronation of a British monarch since King George III has taken place between May and September. So maybe it's because the weather's better that time of year over there. You know, there is one uh, bit of speculation that he might serve anywhere from one to five years and then just turn it over to... Well, he go, well he's about my age, so I know good well he's not going to have a very long reign. <laughs> <laughs> so, do y'all know who the youngest monarch was? Oh, uh, Victoria, Mary, Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. who okay. became queen in fifteen forty-two. How old was she? She was six days old. If I remember right, that didn't end well for her. That did not end well for her. No, no, no. She had a bad sad. So, life. Um, but. I talked about the procession, so, but for hundreds of years, the monarch stayed at the Tower of London two nights before the coronation. Can you imagine staying at the Tower with all that? It's kind of a premonition of their end. Yes, (laughs) yes. It has bad vibrations. Bad vibrations. Um, So, they they have, uh, the coronation will include 12 new commissions of music. At the coronation. So, the coronation anthem, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote so that would be we'll interesting. have to listen to see if it sounds anything like phantom of the opera i was gonna say you're gonna have to tell people what what andrew lloyd he is wrote. a broadway uh composer writer he's phenomenal the phantom of the opera mm-hmm. is one of his notable he's uh, he's done several other yeah, he did yeah. cats cats, cats. Come yes we love cats. cats okay hold on, hold on let's let's back up there let's not equate cats and phantom of the opera in the same <laughs> sentence there you know? okay <laughs> written by the same guy uh, I, well some he, he may have been taking something at the time when he wrote cats <laughs> <laughs> but please cats, cats really doesn't make much sense don't, no. don't conflagrate conflagrate <laughs> yeah there we go oh. <laughs> those two, those two operas together, please. No, no, no they're slightly different. <laughs> a coronation march by Patrick Dole and other works by Ian Farrington, Sarah Class, Nigel Hess, Paul Miller, and other um, other British composers. So that will be cool. The official, they have a he has a harpist. He also has a bagpiper. Oh, uh, that's good. The royal harpist uh, will also perform as part of the coronation. Orchestra, and then um, they are going to the Anglican Church throughout are going to do a ringing of the bells, a ring for the king, ringing for the king's coronation. So throughout all of Britain, and it's yeah, um, they're going to have all that. So there, the the gold stage coach is drawn by eight horses. Okay, 
it'll have eight horses um, pulling that. So that that's quite that's to see all that coach. pageantry, pageantry <clears throat> and and everything is quite. It's almost as cool as Mule Day. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's let's not draw the comparison. We, we already had one revolutionary war. We don't need a second over that. <laughs> no, right no, there. No. But we get we get our love of tradition from mm. England. I mean, yeah, that's where we get that. And Hawthorne called England our old home because not only do we share a language. But we share all these customs that have come, our love of parades and speeches and all that, and fancy uniforms and all that. That all comes to us from our British cousins. Common law. Yes. yes. Common uh, yeah. law. Oh, yeah. yes. Common law. Still, it's still yeah. there. Common yeah. law has not been replaced. It's still there. <laughs> That's good. We like something to stay in place. So he will have the St. Edward's crown. It was made in 1661. will be placed on his head during the coronation service. It weighs 4 pounds and 12 ounces and made of solid gold. Wow. Um, it That crown has been used in the coronation of every British monarch since the coronation of King Charles II. So mm-hmm. that's a long, a long time. And then in 1902, at the coronations, um, placed the wrong cra- crown. The archbishop mistakenly placed the St. Edward's crown on the king's head back to front. So there's a certain way it has to go on. It's got a front and a back. It's got a front and back. <laughs> I never, I, yeah. I wonder, Maybe it has a tag in the back. So, <laughs> but, but you this, know, people have gotten increasingly bigger. As as, as, uh, as has centuries yes, have gone, gone on, and will this thing look like somebody put a, a cupcake on top of his head yeah. or something? Uh, well, I small. think they are. There's a jeweler. The royal jeweler has to make sure that these fit accordingly. Yeah, but so five, you're talking about almost five pounds of gold. I mean, all, how all right, that? history girl. I was. He's already trying to stump me. All this right. Morning. <laughs> what what has been moved from Westminster Abbey? What has been? What moved? has been moved? I'm sorry. What moved? Yeah. What? What has been moved from Edinburgh Edinburgh Castle to oh. Westminster Abbey? Oh, the stone it's of scone. Stone of scone. Stone of scone. Yes. Excellent. It's a stone. The big the, stone. The big yeah. stone that goes under the the his feet. His yeah. feet. Yeah. La di da. La di da. But random fact <laughs> about this crown: the original Saint Edward's crown was placed on Anne Boleyn's head. Bless her heart. Before, or after. After, before oh my gosh and then uh camilla will wear cream mary's crown at the coronation so she oh yes uh but so at the coronation he will be given a hollow gold orb set with pearls precious stones and a large amethyst beneath a cross and that was made in 1661 and has been used in every coronation since he will also get a sovereign's ring that was made in 1831 and has the cross of St. George, the patron saint of England, in rubies. Um, it's also known as the wedding ring of England. Um, so, that's kind of cool. Uh, and then, uh, the ring was so uh, was too big for Queen Victoria. Because she was such she a, was a little, little woman. She was a tiny little thing. Yeah, she, was. she became queen. So... Um, Edward the Confessor, they say, may be the first monarch to assemble the regalia or crown jewels. 
That's way back. That's way back. So, he'll also get a coronation spoon. That is used to anoint the oils that have come from Jerusalem to be him to be anointed. Um, so that that is pretty cool. He'll also there's also some spurs, scepters, all that kind of stuff. There's every piece of regalia that is used has mm-hmm. some historic significance. Historic yeah. significance to all the monarchs. So. Uh, the, the and he will have, of course, the Archbishop of Canterbury will do the anointing and and so on. But he also will have representatives of other religions, and that's the first time this will ever ever yes. have happened. Because do you, do you think the Archbishop of Canterbury will tell any tales? I don't. No, no. <laughs> you are just awful. Today. You're awful today. <laughs> Those you boys are, got uh, you stirred up this morning. Uh, <laughs> but the. Uh, but the 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 ironic thing about that is one of the titles that he will inherit is defender of the faith, and that was given to Henry the Eighth by the Pope because Henry the Eighth wrote a treatise defending the Pope about something or other, and then Henry the Eighth turned right around and took the Catholic Church out of England, <laughs> but they still have in the title defender of the faith. You know, I think we kind of forget that this <coughs> is a religious ceremony as much as it is a state ceremony so there is online you can find and i i I printed it out but you can look at the liturgy for the the coronation you can go through and there's one that has historical notes with it and one that's just the liturgy so i said you know and and just so y'all know in england uh, z and est are interchanged from our language so, like, that, authorized a, is spelled A U T H O R I S E D, not Z E D. Yeah, that's like use we use O R, they use O U R. Yes, but but this is in real, this is a once in a lifetime thing oh, to yes. see this. Yes, and so for historical purposes, it'd be neat if our schools would follow the actual coronation. Oh, well, uh, so these kids could could understand what it means. Oh, know? I would. It'd yes. be very interesting to learn about. This. Yes, yeah, it's it it's it's hmm. very interesting, but. You know, they'll probably show replays all day, so you'll get to see at least some part of it. But I suggest if you get up and, and watch it. They'll make... broadcast it live, and then they'll rerun right, it yes, again yeah. yes. right after So that. Kevin McCartney, the Speaker of the House in Washington, uh-huh. rumor has it has talked to Joe Biden about <laughs> organizing SEAL Team 6 to go into Westminster Abbey and steal everything to pay off our national debt. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm, not, no. I'm not sure that'd be enough now. Uh, it'd be close. You know, the way that it's working. Well, those crown jewels, we, they are stored in the Tower of London, and they it is hard to look at those jewels and realize that they are real. Because yeah. we think, yeah. you know, I think I got a nice little diamond here. And then you look at those and they look like dinner plates. Yeah. Well, somebody, yeah. you know, people would say they're probably priceless, right? Yeah. But in America, they're worth $31 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be back. we got to pay some bills. That's right. We don't want to be in debt here. No. We'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. 
Let's face it, the world is constantly changing and it is now more important than ever to take care of those who you trust with your business every day. Large and even international competition has made it increasingly difficult to keep your best talent. With Caledonian Financial's local business plan to help, you can give your employees a business package that is competitive and effective for everyone. I'm Thomas Sneed with Caledonian Financial here in downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. It's inside Middle Tennessee on the first turn. We're going out. That is not. We're, that's not how the coronation starts, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're just changing it all up. So 
Um, but yeah, the uh, the Kentucky Derby is Saturday evening yeah. as well. Running with the ponies. Yes, yes. You know? So um, it's very interesting this year. Um, the horse that is favored is Forte. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. That good friends of mine, Craig and Melissa Duncan. Melissa owns three and a half percent. I saw that in of the paper. Mage. Yeah. M-A-G-E. Yeah. And, so, and, of course, yeah, they're kind of excited about all that. They'll have a big time. And you were talking about, like, how people dress and everything. Mm. You have to dress for that. Oh, yeah. Unless you're on the infield. Unless you're on the infield, <laughs> that, yes. That's, that's, that's for the We've peasants. We've been to steeplechase. That's We've for the peasants. You know, the peasants. Yeah. Infield the peasants. for the peasants. Well, they dress for the steeplechase, too. Yes. And they sure down there in the commoner's ground. <laughs> So, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's always weather ought to be good. Weather is good, I believe. So, and you know, you brought up the thing earlier that they've had four horses die, I guess, during training up there, which is just really, really odd. It really is. But I I was my best friend and I talk every morning. Um, she lives in Bedford County and we have done that for years. And, uh, we were talking, her kids were in the car, and we were talking about the Kentucky Derby, and I said something like, did you see about the four horses that died? And the, just the pure adrenaline those racehorses have, and they're bred to do that. Oh, yeah. And um, you have they jog them before they race. Um, no, they're real antsy. They're yeah. antsy, um, and, you know, they're raring to go. They're not, they're not paid to go slow. No. 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 You know, I thought it was interesting because you all mentioned earlier Secretariat. We were talking yes. about how he had a record. I think he won by 21 lengths at the on the, on the last, uh, well, maybe it was Kentucky Derby. but It was, it was, was the Belmont, uh, the last part of the Triple Crown. The Belmont. Yeah. Whatever. It, and it's like a mile and a half. It's the hardest is, one. Yeah, the hardest one, which is really long. Yes. But they say that, that a he was, he was a little bit short guy, too. Yeah, well, thoroughbred. Se- Secretariat was a little short horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. he had to take like seven times the amount of steps around it that the other horses did. Well, yeah. they say that a thoroughbred has a heart that's about the size of a big grapefruit or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They did an autopsy on Secretariat, and they found that his heart was the size of a soccer ball. Yeah. Yeah. Which accounted for a whole lot of why he could mm-hmm. last. Yeah. Yeah. The way that, that he lasted. Yes. And, the, mm-hmm. and just to see the agility of those horses, um, I've I've been entrenched in the harness racing stuff for years. And just to see that and how they just fly. And at any given time, all four feet all are four off, feet are off, off the, the ground. ground. That is the most amazing thing. If you look at photos, mm-hmm. that, it's their float. That slow... Yeah, the uh, slow, high yeah. speed, I guess. Yeah, the high speed. They slow the frame. It's amazing down. to me. Yeah. It's just they, amazing. they launched themselves all the way across, all the way around the track. Yeah, they launched yes. themselves. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's so hard on their bodies. Uh-huh. Yeah, there and is. You know, uh, you know that their circulatory system is massive. Mm-hmm. If if a horse gets a cut, it takes ten minutes for the blood to clot, and so imagine. All that blood coursing through that body at that speed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going. It's going. It's going. So, well, I tell you what. On another subject, Scott, we are you're you're taking vacation right now, are you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you vacating? Why not? No. There's no. not much going on. Yeah, up there. there is. Um, <laughs> we had a well, uh, we had a problem that we just got solved with TSU. Uh, they put a um, they put a flyer out that was very very 
poorly written and had discrimination and racism all over it. By, they said by mistake. We we had them fix it immediately, and they did. Um, but it was a bad, bad flyer that they put out. But we got that fixed. So I was handling that this week. Now, who's they? We did. Okay. We did. We called them on the carpet real quick and said this is – they had some language in there that basically said that they had a summer camp for mathematics that was only available to African-Americans, Asian-Pacific, Native Americans – but whites, Asians, whites, Asians, and Middle Easterners were not excluded. Were excluded. And they had published and circulated. They had, they had published and circulated that. And some people here in Murray County have children that go to TSU. Yeah. And they made us aware of that on Monday. And uh, yesterday they were in our offices, my office uh, yesterday, and we got that fixed real quick. Good. Uh, so that was it. But then, uh, you know, we have a new commissioner of education, Mrs. Um, Hickman. I will. Now, who it is? I will now, 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 just you gotta withhold comment. Yes. Um, you know, she has no comment. No comment. So, um, you know, this is um, Commissioner Schwinn was there for roughly four years. Uh, tisk tisk now. <laughs> I want to play poker with you, Mrs. Hickman. She Don't doesn't you. play poker. I don't know but um, you know, um, we may have to keep Eddie in his chair. There. Too. Um, um, uh, commissioner Schwinn, whatever. Um, she, as she's just another commissioner that's come and gone in Tennessee. Uh, we were able to do some very good things with or without her. Uh, the literacy bill, the retention bill, uh, going back to phonics and uh, education. There's a lot of good things we've done. Um, the the thing that's most important that I keep trying to express to people is, if the General Assembly. If the General Assembly makes policy in education, my job is to stay as close to the people as I can. I talk to teachers. I talk to principals. That's what I do. If that's the way you run it, then it doesn't matter who the Commissioner of Education is. Because the way it's set up is the the General Assembly makes the policy and the laws of education. Then those are sent to the State Board of Education where they make the rules on how to make those laws happen in real time. And then the Department of Education's job is implementation and enforcement of that. That's it. When we get sideways is when the Commissioner of Education is making the policy, and then the General Assembly is just kind of nodding their head going, okay. And I, I know there's some educators here that have been part of that, where every time you get a new commissioner, we totally flipped where we're going. And that's nuts. And so that's why it's important for the General Assembly to run education and insurance and health care is so that we don't have those ebbs and flows, right, ebbs and flows all the time back and forth to where I've already had some conversation with teachers going, oh, well, where are we going now? That's said, right. We're What's not going next? anywhere. We are moving on the path that we have in front of us, and that's it. Um, and so it, it'll be a learning curve. Um, you know, when a, when a new commissioner comes in, we are all cautiously optimistic, hoping that they will move education in the right way, working with the General Assembly. And if they do, that's great. And if they don't, we'll do what we did the last three years, and we'll craft legislation with or without the Commissioner of Education. And pay them a large salary. And they make pretty good money. The, 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 the main task... Oh, hello. The main task... So we, we'll be taking Mr. Hickman's phone away for class today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, 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 if the new commissioner wants to be successful, my opinion is, number one, they have to rebuild the Department of Education. It has been gutted, right? Number two, get out of your office, 
go down to go down to the school systems, talk to the teachers, talk to the principals, find out what needs to be done, and then come back and relay those messages to the general assembly and let us craft the legislation. That makes a great deal of sense. That's what you do. Uh, I've already reached out to teachers here in Murray County. I'm leading the charge for next year. We had the literacy bill in education about reading, right? Our reading scores are struggling, um, but mathematics isn't better. And so I've been tasked by the chairman of education and the governor and other people to start working on the bill on how we're going to fix mathematics. Well, let us be careful about which company we buy into. And that's the, and that's the key thing is you got to go talk to the teachers, and, and I'll be having meetings with teachers in Murray County and across the state of, okay, in K through 4 or K through 5, whichever your elementary school levels are, tell us how mathematics is being done now. And tell us how we can make it better so the kids get it. Because in mathematics, with reading, you could do summer school and close gaps. Yeah. In mathematics, it's it's a longer period of time. It takes because those skills right. build on each other. That's the problem. Is you just can't go into summer school and in four weeks get a kid caught, taught up in, caught up in math. So the bill we're going to run for mathematics has to be thought at differently. We have the framework of how to do it with literacy. But we have to kind of think of it a little bit different in mathematics on how the brain works with mathematics and how it's taught, and come up. And we, we I got to come up with a bill by next year for that. No pressure. Yeah, I was going to say good luck. It'll happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not going to come up with it. I'm going to talk to teachers and I'm going to listen to what they say, and we're going to start jotting down all their quotes and things that they suggest, and then I'm going to take that and turn it over to legal, and legal's going to take all those suggestions. And put it into into writing, and then we'll start circulating that and saying, "What do you think?" Now that's let the teachers. What do you think? Put so, some so thought into. But uh, the new commissioner of education, we have a new commissioner of education, and we'll have a new one after this one. We'll have a new oh, one yeah. after that one, and I mean, <laughs> we're in four years. We're going to get a new governor, and trust me, we'll have a new commissioner of education. Yeah. But if the general assembly makes policy, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, doesn't the commissioner matter. should enforce policy. That's it. Their implementation and enforcement. You know. They are they are who an LEA would call, a school system would call and say, "Hey, this rule's just come down. How do I do this?" Yeah, and they would tell them how it's done, or they would call down and say, "Hey, we passed this new bill, and you're not doing this. You need to start doing this." Right? Yeah, that's it. Um, and so then, therefore, the commissioner of education doesn't become this controversial issue. All they are is just implementing what the general assembly said is what we're going to do. Yeah. And if the General Assembly does it right in conversations and hearings with teachers, administrators, stakeholders, then we get it right. Because we used to do that in the 70s and 60s. It did. It worked. We used to do it, it that way. how it worked. You need to bring back a spelling book. Well. <laughs> I, um, Instead of just giving kids words. Yes. And they can't relate to those words. We need Ellie books. Grace had a word last week. Yeah. Was it last week or a week before? Oh, like, this one right. of the words this week is locomotion. Now, what does a second grader know? I said, come on, baby, let's do the locomotion with me. <laughs> you got to swing your I'm picturing you now. dancing. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> there was a pedestal you used to live on. <laughs> okay, with Steppenwolf and now this, you're falling off that pedestal. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, she's really way out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. When you start peeling back the onion. <laughs> the onion has many layers. <laughs> but uh, so that's what we're working on. And then obviously um, the um, uh, 
special, the looming special session. So when will that be? Do you know? I do. Okay. I can't tell you. Oh, well, of okay. course. Uh, Is that up to the governor or do y'all have some input on it that? It was up to the governor. And then, as you see, we have pushed back because, and, it, and my, my, I hear my father in my, in my ears, and able to make a good decision, you have to have good information. Yeah. Well, we are, in theory, we are trying to address the why behind the covenant shooter. Yeah. But we don't have all the information. Yeah. I, I need the manifesto. I need the toxicology report. Yeah. And then I need to have testimony from law enforcement to tell me what the manifesto means. Yeah. I need testimony from mental health professionals to give us an insight into the mind of the people that were writing this down. Yeah. I need testimony from medical professor, pro- professionals that tell me this is what happens to a female body when you inject it with massive amounts of testosterone. Yeah. And then I need to have psychologists come in and look at the current system. Now, what are we doing? We have a current system that a psychologist or someone could start the process to remove someone's rights to uh, have guns, but it's through due process, right? Mm -hmm. They get to defend themselves. they, They get accused. They get to defend themselves. They go to court. And then the court makes a decision, right? There's no constitutionality problems with that because you have due process. What we're looking at is, okay, give me all this information of what happened with Covenant. Let me look at the current process and figure out, now this process has been on the books for like 50 years. Can technology make this process more efficient? Mm -hmm. Does it say in the law that a psychologist has to provide written notification, right? Well, could we change that to say, or could be an email? To, to the courts, right? Well, that's speed. a written notification. What? That, that is a written notification well, in an email. Well, but not, back when it was written, there was no email. Yeah. yeah. No. So the remember, it's legislative intent. Yeah. The intent was a piece of paper with a signature on it, right? Well, that takes time. Yeah. Where you could type something up and say, hey, I got somebody here that has shifted, and you got to be careful with this, right? There's a bill out there by one of uh, the Tennessee Three that has a, 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 a categorical list of drugs that if you're on these drugs that you could have your rights taken away. Well, the problem is if you look at veterans with post-traumatic stress syndrome, well, they, yeah. most of them are on these. Yeah. But they're getting treatment and they're mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. yeah. But because you're taking a drug, it'd be like saying if you're taking diabetic drug, yeah. you, you can't get insurance. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not that's right. not right. It doesn't work. So this is the thing that's looming over our heads right now, and until I think what the governor realized is it's a no by the general assembly until we get the information because I do not want to walk in there blind. There's a lot well, of no. pieces of that puzzle yeah. because I will tell you this: if you think the protests were bad three four weeks ago, when the world knows that we're coming back into session for three or four days later on in the year, both the left and the right will descend upon Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you put those two volatile groups together. Right out of the woods. It's going to be a problem. And so we've we've told the governor, you will be putting us in danger. Yeah. Because you're putting that many people who are that passionate about both sides in the same area together. All right, folks. Uh, we're kind of coming to the end of our show. Girl softball is going on right now in the playoffs. Boys baseball is going on right now. And track's going on right now. And Columbia Academy looks good in that Good softball. luck to everybody. Yeah. i tell you what, what, what do we have programming-wise here, Terry? Uh, well, we